Broadcasting live from the 6th District on the Plain of Ravnica, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham, joining me is Kathleen. Hello! And Cameron. Hmm? And today, we're going to be talking about a variety of stuff, some of which we put off for a little bit because we were doing the year-end wrap-up episodes. Uh, this is our first one back in the studio after Christmas. It's not yet New Year's at time of recording, but I think it is by the time you're listening, so Happy New Year. And uh, before we get into any of that, we want to remind you that we persist in being brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. Hugely appreciate it as ever. Uh, and of course, the show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of... Wait, I just said that because normally I do Card Kingdom first. Hold up. Wait, it's <laughs> New Year, same me. I completely short-circuited. Cardkingdom.com slash LRR <laughs> for all of your cardboard needs. Uh, you can tell them that we sent you. You say, loading, ready, run, sent me. Button, please. And they'll give you a little one-inch button. Last time we checked in, it was a reprint of Foil Lands Make Foil Mana. But we got some new ones coming, so I'm not sure. Ooh. You can get yourself some um, some of those weird Lord of the Rings festive holiday bundles or uh, pre-order. pre-order um, a bunch of new Ravnica new cards. Ravnica or, some yeah. old, or some new prints of old Ravnica cards. Yeah. Or some just some OG Ravnica. Whatever you need, yeah. they can ship it to you. They're fine folks. They're based out of Seattle. And uh, their shipping is, I mean, they'll get it, they'll put it in the mail to you fast. How quickly your postal service deals with it is Mm -hmm. out of their control. Mm -hmm. And whether the customs agents know what they are. Yes. Two quick other things to talk about before we get into the bulk of the show. First of all, is the return of Friday nights. We have a Kickstarter live at the moment. Uh, and which has funded and uh, oh, also ex- unexpectedly <laughs> fast. Yeah. It was quick, yeah. And also, the one stretch goal we had planned uh, has also been met. So that's amazing. But I'm I'm getting in my budget proposal. <laughs> you know those guitars that are like double guitars, <laughs> a double necked guitar. Wanna, we no, want to tell you about it anyway. Is a normal guitar. <laughs> in case you want to get in on the uh, campaign exclusive playmat or whatever, and. Um, yeah, we're well, gonna, we're gonna be signing so many playmats. Sweet, like six hundred or something. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm on board. It'll it'll be a whole day of we'll set up a whole system or whatever in Studio City somehow. We'll figure that out when we when we need to. We just get a we, we get a shipping pallet of sharpies. <laughs> oh, we're gonna burn through so many sharpies. We're gonna have to light a candle, otherwise. Yeah, all, all the xylene. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that's it's. We're doing a new season of Friday nights. It's going to be eight episodes, and uh, they're going to be out in th- this calendar. Yeah, at time of listening, this calendar year, <gasps> and we're super super excited about it. So, um, uh, thank you for also being excited about it because you've been very excited about it, and we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we announced in our recent uh, Loading Ready Run YouTube update that not only is Magic the Gathering returning to Ravnica with murders at Karlov Manor, but also we too are returning to Ravnica with a new Dice Friends. Mm-hmm. It's Bylaw and Order 2. Oh, I'm so excited. I have been trying to think of a sequel to Bylaw and Order mm-hmm. for... Uh, Four years? Yeah. How long has it been since the first one? Four years? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The idea for this one really started coming together about two years ago. Mm. Uh, So just trying to figure out a worthy successor. By law 
two order. <laughs> well, the, the the subtitle is just the sixth district, mm-hmm. uh, because as Ravnica, as this Ravnica set is less focused on the guilds, this too is less focused on the guilds. Because now I'm not working from a uh, marketing directive of I need ten episodes, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and they all need to, and that sort of needs to explain Ravnica and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, well, I don't think I have to get quite into the nitty gritty. But even if, if you're not familiar with Ravnica, uh, it will still make sense. It will still be fun, but it will be featuring some returning characters, but we'll explain lots of things for new viewers and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I would love to see more detail on how the 50% of Ravnica that is not gilded lives. Yeah, we're yeah. going to find out lots about that. Yeah, yeah, because they don't talk about how many people are are not a member of a guild, which it, is yeah. a lot of people. So many of them. Yeah. 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 It's like, do you work for Microsoft in Seattle? <laughs> no? Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Lots or, of people don't work or, for Microsoft. I guess... Do you not draw a Fang salary in in, in mm. Seattle? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, the um, the the sequel to Bylon Order, much like Friday Nights, is something that was sponsored by Wizards before, and now we're doing it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So. That's true, actually, because yeah, yeah. the original Bylon Order was like a contract gig we had to do yeah. it. Aired on the um, Wizards Twitch channel. Yeah, yeah. Or they hosted it. They, they hosted, hosted it. it. I can't remember. So we had, and we had to, we had to always like, we couldn't wrap up to, we couldn't go late because something else happened or something like that. Yeah. 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 It's probably not the best way to try to run a and d game is to, to keep it into a very tight three hour window, mm-hmm. but that's okay. We're not doing that. We're doing fun stuff. I'm very excited. I have so many things planned uh, and it's uh Kathleen is very, very, very excited about I, this. I am too. When once we're done the campaign, I'll show you the uh, I'll show you the big piece of paper I have taped above my desk <laughs> at home. That's just like a mess. It's with a mind like, map. It's a well. It's a it's a mind sketch. We'll say that. It's like it's like the Pepe Silvia thing, but without without any actual red string. But there's a yeah. lot of like lines and mm. bubbles mm. and can interconnected things. Yeah. And some of them made it into the final draft and some of them didn't. I haven't scrutinized it closely because I want to watch the show and be surprised. Mm-hmm. So, I'm enthusiastic about this. Yeah. I can't wait to play Avenir again. It's very, it's going to be fun and it's going to be, it, it, I will say, I, you know what? It's going to be fun. Hmm. Like the first, it has the, the, it embraces the spirit of the first by law and order, which if you haven't seen is available on our YouTube channel uh, and is, uh, it's a goofy take on what makes Ravnica work. Mm-hmm. The, if you are a YouTube interactor, so we are going to be broadcasting it live on the Twitch, but if you're a YouTube's person, the original season of Bylaw Order will be on the main Loading Ready Run channel, and this one will go up on the Tabletop channel, LRRTT, so you can get subscribed over there if you're not, and you can watch the original, and I will try to remember to ask Heather to put a link in the description of this video to that playlist. If there is not a link, that has been a failure of mine. Good. <laughs> uh, hey, speaking of failures, great segue, Graham. Um, the uh, something that we didn't talk about, of course, because we were off for a few weeks, yeah, is it hadn't happened when we started talking about our summary, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, some uh, uh, checks notes. Not supposed to swear on this channel. Flagrant horse crap. I guess we'll go with. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, Hasbro and CEO Chris Cox and other folks made the. A baffling decision uh, to do a bunch of layoffs to, to 
that's maybe n- not necessarily inherently baffling, though it sucks and is bad, and I don't like it. So yeah, when but you, why ha- were there any? It's so the, Hasbro as a whole. If you think of Hasbro as a big organism, d- didn't do great, but but Hasbro as broken out into like business entities. Mm-hmm. The Hasbro, the traditional Hasbro business entity, did bad. The toy division. The toy divisions. Yeah. The other, some of the other entities did good. So, did you? So, did they lay off people exclusively from the bad units and keep people who are working hard and making lots of money at the good units? Yeah, that's where I was going with that. The, yeah. The there there was some reporting that I think was meant primarily, you know, like for I don't know, rage clicks or something, because people have a lot of good. Uh, uh, good personal associations with the brands of magic and D and D that it was implying that a majority of these, I think it was like a thousand people were laid off from wizards of the coast. And that's not the case, but the fact that there were any layoffs at wizards of the coast Mm -hmm. is appalling to me that, that the, the brand that the golden goose, yes, the, the, the brand that allowed with Hasbro to have a record year or record years through, Mm -hmm. through the pandemic should be seeing any cuts is mm-hmm. it's just god it's capitalism is so exhausting it's yeah. like well we haven't had uh completely unbounded unstoppable growth so something is failing yep otherwise i won't make my bonuses yeah uh i mean capitalism is um you know you see a lot of lot of discussion where people are like you know capitalism is is bad and uh, frequently what people are talking about is just commerce, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. this is actual, like, yeah, capitalism the, the, is yeah. bad. This is, like, it's a philosophy of plunder where you um, you own something and then you will uh, uh, basically, like, strip mine it mm-hmm. for the parts that you can, you can make money off of, and then whatever happens to it is no longer your problem. Yeah, and presumably while you're strip mining it to uh, sell, sell off things cheap, you've pumped up the value of your asset your bonuses as the ceo or you know an executive board are directly tied to the sort of pump and dump style of asset so you get out of there lining your own pockets and then you leave the whole thing to crater after you it is basically taking the pyramid scheme approach of if i i don't need to make money i just need to find someone to hold the bag for me after i get out and applying it to a huge multi a huge corporation that employs hundreds or thousands of people it yeah. is pillaging like you yeah. said it is actually destroying companies for the sake of short term game and the sort of stock market cycle that we're locked into with this hyper aggressive ultimate growth version of capitalism which is not the version of capitalism we've already we've always had and i would not say i am any kind of staunch defender of capitalism no i would never yeah. i would never allege that of you but that what has happened since the 1980s has gone so far off the track of like you know our classic capitalists back you know, in the English countryside saying, you know, I should be free to sell my wool to whoever I want and not just the local lord who exploits me for it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the genesis. Sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> I have a degree well, in political science. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, <laughs> the capitalists are the people who own the machines, right? Yeah. And aren't necessarily invested in, like, creating a widget, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, you own the railway that transports things from A to B and therefore, you know, you own the 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 capital investment. Yeah. And, you know, it's completely detached from the idea of like, 
making anything. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like in the abstract, it's kind of like this interesting postmodern thing. Like what if money had its own agenda? Only it doesn't. Um, <laughs> and like, I don't know. There's just a special place in hell for people who lay people off like a week before the holidays. Yeah. yeah, and say thank you for making us records amount of money, but we just aren't healthy right now because we didn't. We're we on made track promises. to not make as much money as we made last year. Because we so made promises to our shareholders. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though you've done a fantastic job and you personally have made lots of money and worked very hard and been very good, nothing you've done is wrong. Mm-hmm. Overall, someone's got to lose their job because yeah, we can't not, not make as we can't still be profitable. We can't still be profitable, but but not as profitable. Yeah, and it's certainly not going to be the people who made those promises. Yeah, and every this time literally, something... this is literally, I do honestly sometimes think that the only solution for this problem is guillotines. <laughs> yeah, and every time this happens, it there's there are, there are reactions, uh, you know, and understandable reactions of like, you know, this seems so short sighted. Yeah, because it is again in the case of I don't even know if there's like a full actual list of the people from Wizards of the Coast, but I'm aware of some of them. And there are you're talking literally decades of institutional knowledge mm-hmm. of in some of the people there. Uh, and that is that's going to hurt. That is going to hurt the company. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you're going like, oh, I'm not a CEO and even I can see how short sighted this is. No, no, you're missing the point. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care. It's not. Yes, it is incredibly short-sighted if your goal was Long the term. the ongoing health of this company as a thing. No, that's the only goal is yeah. is bigger number next quarter. Yeah. The only goal is bigger number next quarter. Happy shareholders bonus for CEO. Yeah, that's the only goal. Everything else is collateral, and sometimes it's collateral damage. Mm-hmm. So. So Chocolate microscopes. So that's a thing that happened. Um, as you can tell, we're not a fan. No. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it was just, it was appalling to read. And and it's so, it's, it's because like the rest of this episode, we're going to be talking about some of the previews for Murders at Karlov Manor. And here's the thing, because <laughs> Wizards is still good. There's still so many excellent people working there. Who care so much and want to make a good, fun product mm-hmm. and and are passionate and and work way too hard at their jobs, probably, mm-hmm. and just really give their they're entire not, ass not for a company enough. who doesn't give a single shit about them mm-hmm. when push comes to shove. If it got Chris Cox more money, he would lay off Mark Rosewater and Gavin Verhey without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So, so we we are going to talk about yeah. murders at Karlov Manor because we're honestly really excited about this that, magic set. That's just my but example of like two very prominent magic yeah. employees. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're the most important. There's lots of people below, like who aren't as mm-hmm. big name who do yeah. amazing stuff as well. But. Um, but I just you know I just want because uh, there's no there's no simple way to make that transition from everything that we just said into. Let's get hyped for new Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I just you know, Sorry, I'm I just, quite negative. I just, no, I just want it. the viewers to understand that we know, yeah. <laughs> like we understand that it's weird to be like, this sucks. Anyway, new cards. Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, I don't know. I just don't want it to. I don't want you to take away from this that we're like, eh, 
that's that's a thing that we hate uh and now we're gonna gloss over that with no no that is still extant that yeah. exists there's no glossing no yeah like also shine a turd yeah also so, i'm excited about this it's almost like it'll be a shocking transition <laughs> all right who which okay who who Thank wrote you, the James. flavor text on this? I don't know. I think it was, I feel like I want to blame either you or me. Very possible. It could have been Josh. So, hey, yeah. for those who <laughs> missed when we talked about this previously, a uh, year and a half ago, whenever this was, yeah, Kathleen and I got invited back to do creative text uh, on this set. So names names, and flavor text. And uh, it was a great time. It was a team of four. It was... Um, uh, me, Graham... Josh Frankel. Josh Frankel, aka uh, the Inkwell Looter. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he's he's wow. been doing. Yeah, he's been doing flavor text. Wow. He's been doing creative text this whole time, and he's great at it. Yeah, he's wonderful. I like working creative yeah. text because you get a, it's a very it's a great challenge, uh, and there's some some good goofy stuff sprinkled in there. Because I always try. My philosophy is if I can think of a goofy one. I'll put a goofy suggestion in in addition to my actual suggestions. Yes. Yeah. Um, fourth member was uh, Ben. Plasic? Plasiac? Is that so. what I've only is that ever how you pronounce his name? I've only ever seen it written down in the back end of the work that we were doing. Uh, it goes by Magical Writer. Good oh. name. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun uh, bunch of folks to to work with, and uh, definitely, you know, it's a murder mystery, so there was like room for some more lighthearted stuff. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> weird weird how that yeah. how that no, follows but yeah, it does like completely you know yeah that, that makes sense but it's just a weird sentence yeah, yeah. there's yeah. people being killed so you know keep it light um but uh you know but yeah I mean, like you said i tend to i i try to put in ones that are not you know like i know why we get asked to do the flavor text and i i do make sure to to put in funny suggestions like like this shock but uh, which i think is josh's now that i look at it again yeah um the only reason i think it might have something to do with me is because it's got two commas and 11 words which is definitely the kind of mayhem i get up to with punctuation (laughs) but it might be josh it's a parenthetical yeah yeah i do but i I do put in serious ones too but they don't they get picked less often i mean here's the deal we put it like i've got i've I worked on Brothers War and there's just tons of really serious flavor text that I had printed and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like I, do, I don't always do the jokes, but typically those ones tend to stand out more than like, you know, here's the thing, right? It's like, oh, here's just a really serious like recounting of what exactly is going on, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, yeah, but this one has a pun in it. Uh, there was a great if you're interested by the way uh whenever this comes out you'll have to look back about a week but there was a great thread on the magic tcg subreddit of sort of uh what are people's favorite non-comedic flavor texts mm. through the years and there's some really really good ones in there hmm. i'm a big fan a lot of people liked reckless cohort from i think it was battle for zendikar and it was just it was a quote it was uh you have a family mine died at seagate you go to your family, and I'll go to mine. Right. I mean, my favorite fl- flavor texts were, like, I always talk about Nemesis of Reason. Oh, yeah. Which is just, like, some of the hardest words ever committed to paper. <laughs> um, and then the other one is the uh, Love Song of Night and Day. Oh, the Love Song's which, great, yeah. yeah. Which turns up on several cards across um, uh, Tempest Block, or not Tempest Block. Could you, uh, for the benefit of the audio listeners, could you read us the Nemesis of Reason? Words describing it fail. Pages relating it shrivel, tales recounting it end. <laughs> Great mouthfeel on that flavor yeah. text. 
the best flavor text is kind of like it is it's what you're trying to do is you're trying to give a much larger story than the sentence you are writing suggests Mm -hmm. right so if you are literally just describing what's on the card we already see that so what you need to do is suggest this huge existent existent world around it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is which was an interesting challenge for this particular set because they've they've talked about sort of the broad strokes of it they've revealed that there's uh, d- detective is a is a subtype right and this is the first ravnica set that's not guild focused as we mentioned previous in this podcast at, 50% you know, of people in ravnica don't live in guild or yeah, don't yeah. are yeah. members of guild and so the thing is everyone loves ravnica and i would allege that you can't do 10 new mechanics every single time we go back to Ravnica. So that Band-Aid's got to come off eventually. So why not now? So we're going to Ravnica, but it's not a guild set. Mm -hmm. But then you do, it does sort of, uh, if this set was your only apparent, was your only look into Ravnica, right? Maybe it's like, oh, is everyone on this plane detectives? You know, it's like, no, no, we're we're only looking at an aspect of the plane. Exactly. And so we're trying to, when we're doing the, like the flavor text, you know, you're trying to tell a bigger story than you see on the card to connect it to this to this world and that's it's, it's an interesting challenge well i was reading comments on this and people were asking like why is the set even on ravnica and apparently mark rosewater said that originally like back in concepting uh this was originally going to be on a new plane mm. and then they kind of realized as they worked on it more that ravnica just has everything that they were trying to build for mm-hmm. it and you know this set could just kind of like exist in a it's kind of like a bottle episode yeah right i i would allege that this concept probably could have worked well also on fiora mm. which is the conspiracy plane oh yeah yeah which we haven't ever gone to in a normal set and that already has that kind of that kind of vibe but that makes a lot of sense that it's like why are we rebuilding? Like Ravnica's here. Why yeah. can't we just have an, a different show, a different aspect of Ravnica? So that's neat. Well, and the nice thing about Ravnica is that compared to most planes, it's extremely technologically advanced, mm. right? Uh, so basically, if you want to have any cool, like, I don't know, you can do anything with steam. Yeah, or in this, I think I think technically it's plasma. Is like, is it plasma that powers oh, stuff on okay. Ravnica? I, this is all the it's all the DM guide, which I've been rereading, obviously. Um, but yeah, like they have like magical energy that power, like they have like mm-hmm. subways canonically on Ravnica and coffee bars and like big mm-hmm. theaters and stuff. And so like, that's the kind of setting you get for, like, I think it's more, it's more interesting to investigate a murder on a plane where there's lots of different ways for the murderer to get away or for different possibilities yeah. for murder weapons. But think about trying to put this murder on, for example, Ikoria. Mm-hmm. You have just so much less to work with there because the plane is not as populous and is not as technologically advanced and all of right. this stuff, right? It just gives you more tools in the toolbox. Well, I mean, like, I, I think a really interesting element here is that, like, life is pretty cheap in a Magic the Gathering mm. setting, yes. right? Like, you know, the, the, the joke that I've seen people trot around quite a lot is like, oh, I wonder if Massacre Girl did it. And she would just <laughs> be like, not this one. Like, come on. <laughs> Um, Please, I have taste. Yeah, <laughs> and and just the idea that like in a in in a game where we are so frequently used to just like lightning bolting, you know, an entire organization of of like yeah. sapient people, uh, that one murder is actually something that can kind of like 
be be the center of gravity for an entire storytelling arc mm-hmm. i think is interesting right because like you know like, uh, the ravnikans don't want to die <laughs> no like, e- even the guilt i think one of the things that we we really tried to like center in bylaw and order was the idea that the guilds aren't typically at war with each other you don't have a ten thousand year old society living in an ecumenopolis where devastating wars occur between pillars of society all that frequently no you know, right like Look at what civil wars do on Earth. Right? Yeah. Like those, you know, it's devastating. Yeah. It's bad news. Um, There's something about Ravnica. Mm-hmm. There's something about Ravnica that makes people a bit more cooperative. Mm-hmm. I feel that was kind of what I was trying to get at. This was by law and order. Like everybody had different goals, but everybody sort of overall had the same goal and yeah. just very different ways about which they wanted to go about it. Yeah, like, I mean, Ravnican guilds are big enough and powerful enough that if they want to go to war with each other... It's they going absolutely to be, could. Yeah, it's going to be extremely bad news. And there's probably, you know, the whoever prevails in a conflict between two guilds, they are not going to be the winner. No, right? everybody loses. The yeah. whole society loses. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, and like, you... Yeah. Uh, so, like, conflict on Ravnica, I think, is is kind of overstated, just from the way that the society has to work. Mm-hmm. And I... this was just my way of saying, like, you know, in a game where life is cheap, maybe it's actually not for the people living in it. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's the classic question of, like, you know, why do we never see a totally normal day on the Enterprise? Because it's bad television. Exactly. Yeah. So, right? you know... Why don't we ever see a calm chill afternoon in Ravnica where nothing interesting happens and it's like well well that's what the sixth district is for yeah yeah that's also, the conceit something something interesting is happening on Ravnica somewhere somewhere but also it's because that would be boring yeah, yeah exactly yeah the only time you get to see boring stuff is when you watch a campaign that I'm doing that's not it's it's exciting in its own interesting way yeah it's but, like yeah my zero one citizen token cruises subway and then sacrifices a food token yeah, exactly, right, like, right? Yeah. What did that do? Yeah. It was a nice day for that person. Yeah. I mean, to get back, like, I also think it's really interesting because we've had these big, big sets. We had March of the Machine. We had everything that was, like, huge scale. Multiverse spanning. Multiverse spanning. And we're go- and I like the turn back to, well, this is a little bit more, like, small. This yeah. is, like, this is a more personally centered drama. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I felt like even Ixalan, which is an absolute banger of the set, and I enjoyed the story for it a lot. And there's a lot of hidden depth in the story, and I'm going to have to get to that. That's <laughs> true. There's lots of, like, things that are being set up for later stuff that Michelle and I kind of just for the sake of time and talking about everything that actually sort of happened in the foreground of the story and all the actual, like, main action represented on the cards. Uh, I was uh, just chuckling at hidden depth. Yeah, when you're talking about lost caverns of Ixalan. Yeah, there's a lot. There's even it, that was a lot of like, well, here's what's going on with the plane, and this is like because we've got the first episode of the Ravnica story, and it's very much like, here's what's going on with the people of the plane. Mm-hmm. Right? Does that make sense? Because it's very much it's not centered on Ravnica as a whole. You by reading the story and sort of seeing how the characters interact and how they're thinking and stuff like that, you infer the things that have happened to the plane Mm -hmm. and the changes that have happened, but it's more through a personal lens, which I think Mm -hmm. is a nice reset point after like these big, huge multiverse spanning arcs. So I think that's a nice to have a, like a more, I don't know, human focused story, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Hey, let's uh, let's check out some of the cards. Yeah. Mm. Such as some of the characters we will be dealing will be will be meeting. Uh, let's start with Alquist Proft Master Sleuth. Oh no, he's hot, which I think was the incredible <laughs> reaction from like literally everybody <laughs> on the internet. This is essentially it's Sherlock Holmes. It's we're not hiding that, right? Like this is that's who this is. They're the they're the 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 master detective. Um, one white blue for a 3-3, three, three. so 3-mana three 3-3 three, three Vigilance, pretty good. When Alquist Proft Master Sleuth enters the battlefield, investigate, because obviously if you're mm. going to do a set about a murder mystery with detectives, clue tokens are back. A reminder if you haven't seen them recently, though I don't know how. Clues are two and uh, sacrifice it to draw a card. That seems very fitting. And then X, white, blue, blue, and tap and sacrifice a clue. You draw X cards and gain X life. Didn't we have a card that did like Sphinx's Revelation? Sphinx's yep. Revelation. I've seen people speculate that this is Azor in disguise, and it's like maybe he's just a smart guy. I think he's. I don't know. I I should say they could they could have decided that that wasn't in my brief, but yeah, that that could be true. I mean, yeah, I, well, I, mean, I don't, we don't think know, so because we don't see anything in like the final form or anything like that either, no. right? So yeah. Um, we don't know what happens in the story, actually. So, mm. yeah. I... Also, yeah, just a beautiful man. So hot. Yeah. We've got uh, also actually we can check out. So there's a showcase frame uh, variant. This is the uh, they call it the dossier frames. Oh. Uh, which has like, um, is it like a UV thing or is it just printed? Oh, weird? There's like neat. a hidden. Yeah. Hidden scribbles and something on the dossier. I don't remember how they mentioned that you can reveal those. But anyway, yeah, it's meant to be like this is like a this yeah, invisible is, ink. Yeah, yeah. But this 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 treat, visual treatment is like this is Proft's file, and that he's annotated himself. Obviously, legendary creature, but of course, and then he's added handsome genius after vigilance. Man. Oh, I see. It's his okay. file, right? Of course, master. This, is it? Is is it annoying that I'm looking at what is clearly intended to be like a typewritten police report, kind of like typeface and uh, visual design mm -hmm. for this, and thinking it should be monospaced? <laughs> if it's on a typewriter, so, it should be monospaced. Courier is a monospaced font. So, that, do you remember right. way back when New Capenna came out? No, no that's right. okay. Remember way back when New Capenna came out, mm -hmm. and then we did that punt counterpunt that was the case of New Capenna. Yeah, yeah. And we fed Nelson to a shark, yeah. mm -hmm. and it was done as like a noir and stuff like that. And somebody at the time said, this is not the noir set. I was like, but it's look at the period and stuff like that. And now I know. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now it's like, oh. Also, this card features, features my favorite combination of design elements, which is vigilance on a creature with a tap ability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it. I B love those. Big I fan. love those. Like, um. I think my favorite version of that was the um, Vigilant Mana Bear from uh, Alara Block. Oh, yeah. A clue. You only need a single clue for this. Yeah. You're yeah. putting a lot of mana into it. Yeah, I mean, God, even if but I like, get to draw. But I mean, like, sacrifice a clue. But this is, this is every control player's, like, well, it's not a dream card because, you know, he dies to a wrath. But, <laughs> you know, you get to hold up counter spells, and if your opponent is like, all right, uh... End step past the turn. You're like, draw, draw, draw a six cards. cards. Yeah, it looks fun. Yeah, I don't think I don't think any opponent is going to be happy to pass the turn with this on the board. Nope. It seems like a real removal magnet. Mm -hmm. 
no one's allowed to have a master sleuth on their side of the board. But, yeah. Uh, let's take a look at Wojak Investigator, because I know what Kathleen wants to talk about this. Okay, so... Two in a white... Let me read the card first. (laughs) Two and a white, two, four, flying vigilance. At the beginning of your upkeep, investigate once for each opponent who has more cards in hand than you with the flavor text because the angel is inspecting. The angel with white wings is inspecting a blue feather and says, well, this clearly didn't come from anyone I know, which is a slight tweak of my original approved suggestion which was well this clearly isn't one of mine which i appreciate was maybe a little too goofy but Mm -hmm. kathleen talk about the name of this one okay so wojack investigator is uh so to obviously it's not a guild focused set but when this is something i can talk about a bit more but when we're working on flavor text i wanted to make sure that we had it's still on ravnica yep and so by looking at the guilds are involved the guilds are involved it's not a guild focus set because there's other stuff going on right and i mean we know the guilds are involved because we're going to look at some cards from guilds in a second um but what i wanted to do was uh go back through the archives and see if uh see if there was anything that could be great callbacks especially to like the very mm. first ravnica sets your guild pack dissension ravnica yeah right uh to you know these old cards that were even before i started playing and stuff like that and um uh several characters have been credited as wojack investigator <laughs> and i just thought god it, we've already had this uh, job title referenced multiple times on flavor text, but we've never had a Wojak investigator. Right. Uh, the art brief said that this card, that this person was, uh, all, you know, a Wojak, not a member of the the detective agency or whatever it is. Right. And you know, yeah, a Wo- Wojak is a branch of the Boros. They major. are. Yeah, yes. Th- yeah. They're the ones who are essentially detectives, right? Like the. Yeah. One thing I saw pointed out was that this set is in many ways Ravnica going back to its narrative roots mm-hmm. because the first, like the 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 novels uh, that came out with the original Ravnica set were based or a detective around, story. Yeah, yeah. A detective story. It was a detective story of uh, oh my god, I'm fl- Agris Koss. Yeah, Ar- yeah, Argus Koss. Ar- Argus Koss. Yeah. Uh, who was investigating uh, a big conspiracy and cover up and stuff like that, and it turned out to be the Demir breaking the guild pack by exposing themselves. It was all very clever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah, we have those books somewhere around here. Somewhere. I don't think they're on the shelves, are they? Probably not. I haven't seen them on the shelves. I haven't seen them since we moved, but I don't think we got rid of them. We did not. I never would have let that happen. (laughs) Don't exactly know where they are. That's fine. Hmm. Anyhow, the point being... Uh, yeah, the original story is a detective story, essentially for like this hardworking Boros investigator trying to get to the bottom of a giant conspiracy, which is very Ravnican, right? Mm-hmm. Also, uh, so yeah, man, uh, uh, the 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 traditional white two four ox has really had a glow up in recent years. Two four flying vigilance for three. Yeah, yeah, that investigates every when turn untap- potentially. It, uh, yeah. yeah, like. Okay. <laughs> Pillarfield yeah. Ox is, uh, yeah, the, the thoroughly obsolete. I guess I love this it. is a rare. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But it's a powerful card. It's cool. I'm just excited, you know, like basically my philosophy was it's still the same Ravnik and where can we find those narrative connections to stuff? Mm-hmm. This is That's like the real Grognard stuff, though. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, speaking of which, let's look at benthic criminologists, hmm. uh, which is four and a blue for a four-five merfolk wizard. Whenever benthic criminologist enters the battlefield or attacks, you may sacrifice an artifact if you do draw a card. Nice. That just makes it cheaper to use your clues. Scientists from the Simic Combine are regularly seconded to various detective agencies in hopes that sharing their expertise will improve the guild's tarnished reputation. What tarnished you do, repu- Vanifar? What did the Simic do? Well, the Simic, when the Phyrexians started invading, do what they do so well, which is go, what's this oil? It's probably nothing. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it looks it's probably profitable. It, no, it looks extremely interesting what mm-hmm. happens when I put it in myself. Yeah. The how do, how how have things actually shaken out for the various some of the we don't know yet because we haven't like we've gotten a little hint in the story. Okay, uh, the story is really good and you should read it. It's written by Shannon McGuire, who's a Hugo Award winning author, mm. and it goes uh, it tell it does the thing which I really like, where it sort of suggests the larger world by uh, giving you an interior world of the characters, mm. which is to me a a plus uh, yeah. storytelling technique because mm. you get mm. both at once. Um, and, uh, yeah. So maybe, maybe we'll circle back and talk about how all the various guilds are doing post-invasion. Post yeah. Um, and I but we know that Simic did that because that was in the story that Allison wrote. Yeah. Um, where they were like, oh, what's this? <laughs> I'm sure Vanifar is fine. These are, these are all the people that this is, remember, these are the people who are like, what happens if I, t- if I add crocodile DNA to myself yeah. just for fun? So, you know. Let's take a look at a Demir card. Ooh. Got a Curious Cadaver, which, because I like alliterative names, uh, it's a 3-1 flyer for four mana, and whenever you sacrifice a clue, return Curious Cadaver from your graveyard to your hand, which, uh, pretty good. Ooh. Uh, flavor text. When you said I could learn a lot from a corpse, I have to admit I wasn't expecting it to lecture me on forensic procedure. Oh, this is going to trade so many times. Mm-hmm. Yep. That quote, by the way, is attributed to Kellen to Ezrim. Now, we haven't seen We haven't seen their cards, Ezrim, but they're in the story. But, uh, yeah, Kellen, because Omen, Omen pathed over here from Eldraine, hey? Well, yeah. from, um, from uh, Ixalan. Ixalan, yeah. sorry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Eldraine. Kellen last seen vanishing on Ixalan with Amalia, yeah. now on Ravnica, and Urzum, we have not seen him on cards or anything but he is mentioned in the story as he is the head of the agency mm-hmm. this detective agency yeah it's you know where's kellen <laughs> drawing of ravnica um let's take Are a quick look father? just because it's another name that i'm personally very proud of uh the new card for uh for <clears throat> challenging starting with vowel sounds mm. Big Angel. Uh, Aurelia. Aurelia. The Law Above. Yeah. Thank you. What a great pun name. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I'm really proud of that one. Three red white for a 4-4 angel. Flying Vigilance and Haste. Woofie. Whenever a player attacks with three more creatures, you draw a card. Hey, it's Battalion. Battalion. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't say Battalion, though, which is interesting, but whatever. Whenever a player attacks with five or more creatures. Oh, it's a player. That's why. Sorry, whenever a player attacks with three or more creatures, you draw a card. So it's, it's battalion, not, it's not battalion, but better. Yeah. yeah. And then whenever a player attacks with five or more creatures, Aurelia, the law above, deals three damage to each of your opponents, and you gain three life. So Aurelia mm. is the head of the Boros Guild. Yep. She is literally 
the law above because she can fly. Mm-hmm. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I believe my uh, my uh, my joke suggestion for this is Aurelia sick of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the, can, yeah. Is there alternate art for this card? Uh, yes, there's the dossier frame. Ooh, Ooh, fun. Yeah, which some of the dossier frames, actually, if we can see the one for your Curious Cadaver, because some of them have flavor text, and the flavor text on these are in a different style, because mm-hmm. they're, they're meant to be dossier notes. So the one for Curious Cadaver says, patient and surprisingly clever, though he does need to be reminded not to eat the corpses. Which, uh, that's, that's, that's good. I don't yeah. remember who that was. Uh, I'll tell you what. When we when we announced that on like uh, Mastodon or Twitter or wherever we said these things that we were working these flavor texts, people were like, "Oh, so who's responsible for meddling youths?" So here's the thing: <laughs> that was that was always a Scooby Doo reference that mm-hmm. came to us like right? that. That was Wizards. Well, like that. Yeah. That would that. It yeah. Seemed, it seems like one of those cards that was a top down design to be a Scooby. It, it's you know it's the mis. Yeah, Scoop, it's Scooby Gang. Like the mm-hmm. the the art brief had already gone out that it was you know a bunch of people unmasking someone or whatever, and they're like this is Scooby. I I think that Josh might have gotten the this name on Josh's, this one this because is Josh's Fran- flavor text because he because well. he got there first. Frankly, mm-hmm. right? It's like I don't think anybody on the team would not have submitted meddling youths as a name for this card because yeah. obviously, but it's it's pretty great. Uh, three red white for a four five with haste, which is a uh, pretty beefy for a Boros card. Um, and whenever th- whenever you attack with three more creatures, that's battalion. Whenever you attack with three more creatures, you investigate. What I like about not being like battalion, uh, but like having that is it's a great, it's a callback to these are things that already work on Ravnica, but yeah. it's a little bit more new player friendly. Well, this so is also not when, design. when this creature attacks as part right. of battalion. Right, yes. right, right. This is like it's, Thank you. That is it has haste, me- mechanically but relevant. it's also a pseudo haste effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, the dossier flavor text is chaotic, but surprisingly fearless, often seen in the company of a strangely intelligent hound, which I do enjoy. Uh, the flavor text on the normal one is, quote, well, if it isn't old Mr. Larchbottom, who has always been so eager to have the only dumpling stall in Oxblood Alley, which is hmm. it's very, very good. Um, Kathleen, I got to give you big ups for the flavor text on magnifying glass. Oh, what? I... Oh yeah. <laughs> These footprints mean only one thing. As soon as I the saw the street this cleaner one, is running late. <laughs> as soon as I saw this one, I was like a Kathleen Devere joint. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's great. Also, hey, magnifying glass. Not yeah. everything is uh not everything is significant. <laughs> Sometimes things are just there. Uh so as well as the there's so many different fancy nonsense they've showed off so there's the regular cards there's the dossier frames there's also i i don't know the story spotlights have like a magnifying glass treatment Mm -hmm. so there's ones we've seen four of them let's take a look at demand answers with i think it's kellen and proft questioning aurelia but uh, so there's this magnifying glass treatment. Demand answers, by the way, is one to red instant as an additional cost to cast the spell. Sacrifice an artifact or draw a card. Draw two cards. I think or that's Kaya. Discard a card. I think that's Kaya in oh. the artwork. Yeah. Proft and Kaya? Yeah. Because Kaya's in the story because she's in the first entry. Oh, yeah. She's like one of the main point of view characters in the mm. first part of the story. Mm, okay. Cool. 
I'd recognize her sensible silhouette anywhere. Yeah. No, this I is... suppose from Aurelia's perspective, she was being generous by giving us one entire day to solve the most complex case in Ravnican history. <laughs> Aurelia famously known for her patience. Yeah. There's uh, one thing I associate with, with Boros. As patience and restraint. Yep. This is great, though. This is just, it's, yeah. it's two mana and a card to turn a clue into two cards instead of two mana to turn a clue into one card. Mm-hmm. So that's neat. Or you can pitch a land or something. I don't know. This is good. I like that it's instant, too. Sacrifice an artifact has so much value. Mm-hmm. Like sacrificing a, uh, a Phyrexian plank. Yeah. One of those things that there's so many good artifacts that you want in the bin, so you yeah. can get them out of the bin so you can cast them again. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this seems like it'll play well with um, all kinds of things from Ixalan. I just think about this in a Duretti commander deck. Yeah. Seems like a great tool in something like that. Yeah. Instant no. speed, draw two cards, get something out, get get something to recur. Love it. Love this for us, Bestie. Mm-hmm. There is also the Ravnican showcase frame that we saw premiered in the March of the Machines, oh. which so far we've seen on Aurelia and Rakdos. I love it. With the rooftops. Ooh. Yeah. It's very, very cool looking. Love these a lot. And Patron of Chaus cycle of very cool basics yes these things i love the basics found my brand yeah the isometric sort of reflected uh it's just they're so cool looking Mm -hmm. Um, the infinite complications of ravnik and architecture yeah i love these i love them i love them i love them they're all by mia boas and uh they're all Super cool looking. I love them. I just love Ravnik and architecture. It's mm-hmm. so cool. There was one other thing that they announced uh, as sort of related to the set, which is, uh, despite everything we said earlier, I suppose this is one of the benefits to being associated with Hasbro. Though really, I mean, they've, they're working with all kinds of other brands, so it, they probably could have done this even if Hasbro didn't own Clue. But uh, they announced this, like, Ravnica Clue thing, or Cluedo, if you're from the UK. I am so... Okay, because Michelle Raff was like, oh, they're going to do some sort of Ravnica version of Clue. Should I get it? And I was like, no. If you're getting... You just you can just have normal Clue, right? <laughs> like, yeah. But this isn't just Ravnica Clue. I thought it was just a skin. Yeah. I thought they were just reskinning Clue and with, then- like... But no. At first, so at first, I was like, okay. I mean, that's kind of a fun brand tie-in, but it's not that. It's like a whole. You probably have notes on what it is. I don't. Okay, so uh, from what I remember, it's like a whole like Ravnica plus Clue plus Magic: The Gathering kind of thing. It is like a game that you play with Magic cards with like Clue. Oh. It is like a hot. It is. Oh, it's like Explorers of Ixalan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wherever that ended up on the set. Yeah, I love Explorers I of Ixalan. Am pumped i want to play that that seems really fun like that's a great way to yeah it's it's not just clue with ravnica bits stapled onto it it's like a whole new product with like a game that you can play it seems like a really good way to like get like non-magic players into Mm. playing magic in sort of an easier way it's like you know what clue is and this is like 
cool clue, right? Like it's a bit more grown up. You know, you get to solve a, a murder mystery and do Man. it through the mechanics of these cards. I wish I could have heard that in grade nine. Mm-hmm. Chase Carroll you... and I were both, both of us were like, see, this actually seems dope and I want to play this. So I just wish I could have heard um, the use of Magic the Gathering as an enticement because it makes something else cool <laughs> when I was like 13. This makes Clue cool. Yeah. Uh, By being Magic the Gathering. We've seen some of the cards from it. Uh, with have They have a slightly different header font, which is interesting. But if we can take a look at, for example, Senator Peacock. So this was, naming these was interesting because, of course, they have to keep their, like, Clue, like, name. Yeah. But we could come up with different, like, role. We did a bunch of different varieties of ways that these could have gone. But this is, this is where they ended up. So Senator Peacock, for example. Three blue blue for a three four legendary creature human advisor. Artifacts you control are clues in addition to their other types. So they have the clue ability. And whenever you sacrifice a clue, target creature can't be blocked this turn. So these are still, and so these are still also just magic card. Like I assume these are like legal in commander. They yeah. seem really good in like a, yeah, this card seems, especially seems very good in commander. Yeah, this mm-hmm. seems like a really interesting space to play in. Yeah, and the only other character we've seen is Commander Mustard. <laughs> That's good. It's, uh, the the quality that Scryfall has is not ideal. Yeah, because I think that Commander Mustard was like pulled off of a product image. I don't think he was necessarily revealed. Officially. I, I don't know, maybe, but yeah. So three red white for a five five human soldier with vigilance. Other soldiers you control have vigilance, trample, and haste. Sick. And then for two red white until end of turn, soldiers you control gain whenever this creature attacks. It deals one damage to defending player. That mm. seems like just like a beefy commander all on its own. You could pay yeah. that second ability multiple times. Yep. <laughs> they don't have to connect. They don't have to live. They just have to be turned sideways. D- d- yeah. They don't even turn sideways. They got vigilance now. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. This will make Shivam happy, actually. Yeah. Commander Mustang is Seems popping cool. off. I-, I assume this was like uh, upsampled from like, you know, when they preview the box yes. art and show you the back of it. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't discuss leaks here to the best of our abilities. But yeah, I think this is from like pulled off a product image. Yeah, which they, that's them. So. Yeah. The, also, there was going to be a, obviously the cycle of the classic Clue or Cluedo um, weapons, the potential mm. murder weapons, such as the lead pipe. Interestingly, these are also going to be equipments in the main set as well. Oh, okay. So lead pipe is a single black mana for a Clue equipment. So the equipped creature gets plus two plus O. When the equipped creature dies, each opponent loses one life. You can sack it to draw a card because it's a clue and it equips for two. So seems pretty cool. I I remember in the clue set I had when I was a little kid or that my parents had when I was a little kid, I always really loved that the lead pipe had a bend in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not like a, a, a machined bend, but one that occurs... Like in the shape of a head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was Led's, very Looney Tunes. Lead's very malleable, you see. Mm-hmm. So I assume we'll also see the, uh, it, I mean, judging by the background art of this card, there's a monkey wrench, which I guess they just have on Ravnica, but we'll be seeing the wrench, the rope, the candlestick. Will they have a gun? Oh, I don't. Probably not. Because it used to be, it was, it was the knife. The yeah. rope, the lead pipe, the wrench, the candlestick, and the and, revolver. And the revolver. Yeah. 
but I don't think we've seen New Capenna has like their weird Halo Thompsons. Yeah, but I don't think we've seen like a gun. But on you Ravnica. have little crossbows and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. hand ballista. Yeah. I was never been able to make that work in a Souls game. I always preferred Ms. Scarlet in the library with a rope. <laughs> and uh, uh, and we have seen also, there's a cycle of lands, of course. There's the dining room is the one that we've seen spoiled. And it just it enters tapped and it taps for two colors. But also, you can pay four to pop out clues. Oh, it's like uh, the these are the allied colored ones from Strixhaven. Yeah, those oh, ones scry. Scryed, right. Yeah. Yes, sorry. But these are these ones make clues, so why not? And I, Lands I with set mechanic. I <laughs> yes. I appreciate the top down view yes. of the room. That's very cool. Uh reminds me of the board game. That's lots of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing what this actual game is like. Also, somehow related to this in the clue thing or available in the clue thing. I don't know if it's you get all of them or if it's random or something, knowing how this goes is probably random, but there are borderless shock lands. In the clue set. Correct. One of ten possible foil shock lands in each in each box. So you get one random shock. How much is a box? Oh, I don't know. I love how here the Hallowed Fountain is a hot tub. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> we've seen Hallowed Fountain and Steam Vents are the two that we've oh. we've seen spoiled. The Steam Vents is very pretty. That's gorgeous. I mean they're both very pretty, but it is that was a hot tub, you're right. So yeah. I'm, uh, I mean, I guess Ravnik is technically a steampunk setting. I mean, in a very Kinda. real way, we are a steampunk setting since every power source that we've been able to develop since the Industrial Revolution, and really before then, has been a way of boiling water to make steam. Yeah. To make a, a thing go. Mm -hmm. That's huh. how a nuclear power plant works, essentially. Yeah. Uh, in answer to your question, Graham, I found it for pre order for. $89 Canadian, which means it's probably $69 US. For the Clue For the Clue edition set thing. I, and then if you're curious, you get eight Clue edition boosters, and they're uh, similar to Jumpstart, because the way that you play is you jam two of them together, and that's your deck. Oh. So it's for two to four players. There's 21 evidence cards featuring characters, weapons, and rooms inspired by Clue. There is the one uh, Shockland, random of the ten, four hidden info screens, an evidence notepad, a case file envelope, and a card storage box. That sounds so fun. Yeah. Huh. That sounds so fun. Friday cool. Night Paper Fight? Oh, yeah. Mm. Definitely. So, yeah. And, yeah, unlike many other uh, board games of this era, Clue, I think, was reasonably decent. I liked it. Yeah. I've always liked Clue. I haven't played it in probably, like, more than 30 years. Yeah. But I remember it being, like, Oh, no. It wasn't like Monopoly. No. No. Right? You know, Penelope's never played Monopoly because I don't like it and we don't own a Monopoly set. Yeah. Reasonable. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there's a whole generation of kids who have gone, who are now just don't have to play that game. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're stopping the cycle with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just because I was made to play Monopoly games. as a child doesn't mean that my child has to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I bought my niece's Bluey Monopoly for Christmas. <laughs> Does that make me a monster? <laughs> no, it just means that she's going to have to break the cycle. Bluey Monopoly. How, does Bluey. how oh. does Bluey square with Monopoly? I don't know. It it's definitely like Junior Monopoly. It's oh. not just Monopoly skinned with Bluey. It's definitely a much simpler game. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how that works. Interesting. Well, I probably won't be playing that one on AFK anytime soon. What Bluey Monopoly? Bluey Monopoly. Yeah, 
we've done gamer monopoly a couple times and those the fact that that actually they have different rules makes it actually interesting yes hmm. i remember once we tried to we'll wrap up the podcast in a moment we tried to do the uh <laughs> we did like monopoly but with the rules that are actually in the book and not just the rules that yeah. everyone believes are the rules and yeah. that was interesting yeah well oh, it, I mean, like, it wasn't great but it was interesting well i've heard like it, it's a better game but it's a game where like there's a lot of feel bads yeah in a properly orchestrated game of monopoly because it's supposed to be kind of like didactic mm-hmm. right like yeah this is why landlords are bad yeah it was meant to be uh a, a, a criticism of that yeah yeah old uncle Moneybags is the villain actually penny bags <laughs> whatever his name is yeah money bags or maybe it's penny bags because it's so old the guy with the top hat anyway yeah, yeah. whatever yeah uh what were we talking about the hey about a top hat is it provides a is is it means the guillotine doesn't need a basket Good grief. <laughs> Self-seeding. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, hey, everybody. This has been Tap Tap <laughs> Concede. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. This was, this was a good time. Um, until next time, a reminder, of course, that the show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. I guess pre-order yourself some Clue Edition. Why not? Uh, and, of course, the show and everything we do is brought to you by you, and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading when you're ready, run, and we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Until next time, I have been Graham, joined by Kathleen. Hey. And Cameron. Hmm? James has been on tech. Heather gets these online. Thank you all so much for being here and listening, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody.